Where's hey um change this thing uh hey it was Clint. yeah is that is that you no oh not nice shirt not nice shirt and that's you like a shirt it kind of looks like that yeah it looks like that hey uh music hadn't started it hasn't that usually means we have an interview that usually does if it does. Folks, we got look. Okay, I've been, you know, we we usually play the humble card, and and yeah, last week I I bragged a little bit about some of the knowledge that we've thrown at y'all. Yeah, but we still wouldn't call ourselves just because we've been right on some things. We wouldn't call ourselves. I mean, we did what ninety nine, except for when I picked the Arkansas football to go undefeated last year. Let's not yeah, we won't talk about that. <laughs> but. We got a real expert on this week, Clint. We did. We, a, we real, a real expert. Mr. Bart Reed from Pure Sweat Skills and Drills. Uh, he's a basketball trainer. He does individual basketball training. Also works Sorry, I Also works with the Arkansas Wings. And yeah. uh, he has trained people like Nick Smith, Devo Davis, K.K. Robinson, uh, many others. Uh, and he made, did say, if he had got his hands on you in high school, you'd be in the NBA right now. That's right. He does He does say that in here. He does He does say that. Something like yeah, that. I imagine it, but I think he said it. <laughs> Something. That's how I heard it. Yeah, that's, that's how I, I mean, heard it. We, and we've, we've been seen by Paul Feinbaum. So. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Even flex. <laughs> we should have pulled the, the Feinbaum flex out on him. Like, that's right, yeah. Look at us. But no, Bart was nice enough to he 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 goes on a drive time I think on Wednesdays and I was really just impressed with him on drive time and I thought man that that guy would be fun to have a conversation with and so I reached out to him and he was more than happy to come on and talk to us and uh, it was a fun conversation man we have a great time talking to him uh, a lot of insight of Razorbacks talking about uh, what Devo. And made yeah. it broke information. He broke the news here. That's right. So uh you're getting it before drive time, even. So take that, Randy. Oh, it depends on how long it takes Travis to edit this. Oh, I'm getting it out tonight. Oh, so anyway. but um, seriously, folks, uh enjoy this. If you uh at the end of it, he gives the websites where you can get in touch with him. If you have a kid that wants to learn, um, Basketball a, skills and drills. Yeah, own facility. He's so. got a facility in Sheridan. He does some traveling, does some camps, things like that. So uh, uh, give him a chance. Great guy, man. Just easy going. Uh, great to talk to. So uh, enjoy. Enjoy. So, Clint, Sean Michelle's about to start. Get ready. John. One, two, three, five. You ever seen a lame man walk? Ever heard a dumb man talk? Never seen a blind man see? I promise you a change is You ever seen a canceled death? Ever seen all the poor get fed? Ever seen a prisoner set free? I promise you a change is Artificial. 
It's your boy Bigger T coming at you with the Big C and Bigger T podcast, as always. And I'm here with my man Big C. How you doing, Clint? I'm fine. Well, that's enough out of you. Anyway, we got a guest today, a special guest, none other than Mr. Bart Reed. Basketball, sweat, skills, and drills. Is that right? Am I saying that right? Yep. So I'm with Pure Sweat. Pure Sweat. Pure skills sweat. and drills. Yep. Pure sweat. Yep. That's it. Yep. Pure Sweat, skills and drills. Uh, a trainer, personal trainer for basketball and does AAU stuff. We'll let him tell you a little more about that. But Bart, man, we, you know, he's a, uh, he gives content to drive time sports, but we got him here on the Big C Bigger T podcast also. And he's going to hang out with us today. And we're going to talk a lot of, uh, a lot of different basketball stuff, and and we're excited about it. How you doing today, Bart? I'm I'm good, fellas. Thank you. I appreciate y'all having me on. Man, did you have a good weekend? Memorial Day weekend? I did, man. Anytime you take a day, couple of days off, it's 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 a good time, especially this this time. I'm so busy right now, but yeah, I did. Had a really nice Memorial Day. How about y'all? Did too, well. Did too, man. Didn't do much, Clint. Did, no, I did. I I did fire up the grill. We got we did some hamburgers and hot dogs, but it, it was it was small, just me and the wife. Like I didn't have people over. It's kind of nice. We took the time to myself. There you yeah. go. It's nice just to relax. Get a little, get a little break. Yeah. Well, it's back to the grind though. Bart, yep. now tell us a little bit about you. I know you grew up in beautiful Sheridan. Yeah. Uh, did is it do you have this time of year? Uh, body built by Yellow Jacket Diner. There you um, ever partake any milkshakes yeah. there, malts? Yeah. Oh yeah. So Sheridan's Sheridan's a big school district, but a really small town. People don't. Well, people realize that that are in Arkansas, but you know, to be one of the bigger five A or five A schools in the state, it's a really small town. So mm-hmm. it was even smaller when I went there. So I, I graduated in nineteen ninety seven. Uh, was lucky enough to have a really I would say above average, really good high school career um, for about 1600 points career, a thousand rebounds for uh, two time all state. So I was South Arkansas player of the year, 1997. And see, there were four guys given division one scholarships, excuse me, in 1997, I was one of them. So lucky enough to be a part of that. I was with the Arkansas wings, which during that time, that was, the AAU team to be on. Um, So went on and played in college and I had a great college career. I actually signed with the school that the coach left at the last minute. So I I was a qualifier. I went JC for a year was third in nation. The scoring average about 24 points in junior college. And then I had it set up where Wimp Sanderson at UALR was recruiting me. And I thought I just go back home and literally three or four days before it's time to sign Wimp gets pushed out. And thankfully, mm-hmm. I thought, here we go again. Sidney Moncrie steps in, one of the greatest mm-hmm. probably Razorbacks of all time, certainly mm-hmm. the most beloved Razorback of all time. Yeah, yeah. And my parents are like, that's where you're going because they were in the hill when Coach Moncrief was up there. And so he didn't have any coaching experience, so he his assistants stayed the same. So I was mm-hmm. first signee at Sidney Moncrief and got a chance to open up Altel Arena or Simmons Bank Arena, played the first game there. Nice. And fell, fell in love with training there. Um, they trained Corliss, Derek Fisher, all those guys came back and trained in the summer. 
there with Coach uh, Clarence Finley, and I, I fell in love with training just watching it right there. And did medical device for a little bit, started training one or two kids, and one or two turned into 12, and 12 turned to 25, and 25 turned to 50, and 50 turned to 100. And so now I got uh, merged with Pure Sweat, which is Drew Hanlon. Drew Hanlon's got four or five NBA All-Stars. He trains Joel Embiid, uh, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal. Mm. So I got to learn from the best. Good so that's where. Yeah. Well, cool, no, that is cool. I can tell you're a native Arkansan and you grew up in Arkansas by the fact you call it Altel Arena. Um, right. <laughs> they, could, they, could, they could name that yeah. herd arena, uh, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings Arena. It's going to be Altel Arena. That's you right. Yeah. Quit changing name because it's Altel Arena. That's, that's right. Now, now, Bart, who were the other? You said there were four that's of That's right. There yep. were four of you that signed D1 scholarships. I guarantee you, you know the other three. Yep. So who were they? Yeah, so it, uh, whew, so you're, you're, so Shane Alexander was one of them. He signed Miami of Ohio. Uh, let's see, uh, Jason Jennings that signed at Arkansas, yeah. the seven footer okay. from Bald Knob. And, ooh, oh, oh, oh Brandon, Brandon Davis, Brandon Davis, yeah, okay. signed at Arkansas. Um, from Camden, that was it. Oh, yeah, that was it. Yep, yeah. Yep, and Brandon I mean, and I were in the I same mean, conference. We remember a couple names, and we definitely did. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So, Mike so now you both. So, Brandon Davis, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, I'll finish that up. Well, Brandon Davis and I battled it out. Mike Anderson was there for both games we played, and really, I felt like they were going to sign an in-state kid. That was during the time where you guys probably remember no one was getting a ton of pressure to sign in-state kids, and. Mm. You know, we had the Quincy Lewis's and uh, Chilius that had went out of state and done well. And so he was going to sign an Arkansas kid. And unfortunately, they like Brandon a little bit more than myself, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So now you train kids full time. I train kids full time. Been training full time for 10 years now. So, and you're still connected with AAU. <laughs> do you have an official role yep. with them or do you just yep. kind of follow some of the nope. kids around? So no, so I've been the director of training for the Arkansas Hawks, which the Arkansas Hawks are on the Adidas 3 SSB circuit. So for anybody familiar with the circuit, there's really a couple of really big ones. And, of course, Nike, EYBL, and Adidas 3 SSB are right there at the top of the list, and Under Armour has their circuit. So I've been in charge of doing uh, all their training and, and player development now for, let's see, seven years. So okay. it's been a big honor to do that. Of course, there's some top flight guys that come through there you know Jalen Williams uh Nick Smith gosh he's Isaiah Joe I mean you go down the line KK Robbins all those guys kind of came through the Hawks program and so I've had my footprint on a lot of the top players in the state been really fortunate in that regard now now you've dropped some obviously names that our listeners are going to know right there when you're sure. working with a player like Nick Smith Isaiah Joe Jalen Williams how far into it before you know, okay, this kid has something? Is it like pretty so much just, that's, that's, a, that's a great question because I, I tell people this all the time. People don't know. I So I started training Nick Smith was in the seventh grade. And Nick was – I mean, nobody knew who he was. And he, he literally, when he started playing for the Hawks, he came off the bench for the Hawks. He was like the seventh or eighth. So I, when I saw him work out, I thought, man, this kid's got – 
the tools because as you go through a skill development, a lot of it is if they can see it and then they can do it right away, it means they can kind of feel what their body's supposed to be doing. And so Nick was one of those, I call him a skill savant. So he would pick up things really quickly. And so his eighth grade year, he busted out in a, in a big tournament. He shot up, but when he was in the top, had just broken the top hundred, I said that he would be, an NBA first round draft pick and the best player statistically to come out of the state of Arkansas ever. And people are like, you're crazy. You don't, I mean, I knew it because you can tell it does not take long to see when these guys have something different. And first time I walked in the gym with Isaiah Joe, I'm like, he's different. Mm-hmm. You could just tell. It's just one of those things you get a feeling the heart and soul of the game of basketball. And this is why I get most of the best players is footwork. So Footwork, footwork, footwork. If you can, if you have footwork, you can play at a high level. And some mm. of these players have just a different level of footwork. Mm. Now, and that's one one interesting. You brought Nick Smith up, and I just want to, I want to yep. prove. I'll be honest with you, I want to prove us right before the NBA proves us right here in a couple of weeks, here in a few weeks. Yeah, because there's a lot of fans out there, Arkansas fans, that are saying, "No way, he's a first round pick." He didn't show anything. He didn't look any good. No way that kid is a first-round pick. He came to Arkansas, lost a couple stars. I'm hearing all these things out there, okay? All these things are out there. Yeah. And I've been saying, and Clint's been say, agreeing with me and saying the same thing, that he's different. And we did not see a true example of what Nick Smith's going to be and that he would yep. be a first-round pick. The NBA knows what they're doing. They're not just talking about him being up there as one of the top picks. They're not just pulling that out of the yeah. clouds. They know what they're doing. So how right are we on that? <laughs> well, you're 100% right. And and here's the thing, guys. The co- And this is so work so working with Joe Johnson. So Joe Johnson and I did a lot of work when he was trying to get back in the league for when he would sign his, you know, his 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 little his little deal with Boston that he signed to get back in. So I was fortunate enough to be with Drew Hanlon when we would do NBA pre-draft for in California. And you go out for a couple of weeks and you do these, you know, it's just basically everybody living in a house. You get to see all the top players and and he had Jason Tatum, he had Joel and so you kind of see what a pro guy looks like and kind of that mm-hmm. speed. And when Nick got to be a, a junior, I thought he would be a top five pick even then, which he comes out number one, number two player in the country. He's no doubt, no doubt an mm-hmm. NBA talent. And let, let me say this, not only is a, he a top 15 pick, he, he's going to be an NBA all-star one day in a franchise type player because he can play multiple positions. He can play the one or the two and he can guard the one and the two. Mm. And, and essentially you are what you can guard in the NBA, but the NBA is a totally different game than college. And there is a lot of players. Andrew Wiggins is a guy who had a really subpar college career. When you, mm. some guys for certain reasons, whether it's system injury or whatever, College is not a predictor necessarily of what you're going to do at the next level. And he's got all the tools to be there. And people don't realize, guys, when you go and have an injury and you 
are a guard that depends so much on your legs and your knee is not 100% mm-hmm. and you've got a torn meniscus, you're talking about the elite of the elite. Every game, Nick Smith's getting the best defensive player. Their scouting report is the other team knows your game almost better than you do. Mm-hmm. And so all the pressure is on you. And I'll be honest, guys, if I was Nick Smith, I wouldn't have came back because yeah. it was almost a lose-lose for him. But when you don't have that many reps, you miss practice time and you're trying to heal. There's no substitute, no matter how good you are, for practice time and game reps. Yeah. And so, But he wanted to be a Razorback so bad he wanted to do the right thing, so he came back. But mm-hmm. Razorback fans need to know he did not have to do that. That's right. There, he did not have to. But he's an NBA All-Star in three years, no doubt. Gotcha. I, I agree. I agree. So you got glimpses, you know, when he felt right. You got glimpses. Yeah. Now, I mean, you yeah. got some glimpses of what yep. you had. Yep. But it was obvious, you know, he, he was just battling that knee all year long. Well, yep. and, 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 yep. and there was and there was obvious issues with the team gelling. Yes. And when and when that happens, it's hard for anybody to play to their full potential on the yes. court. You know, I mean it, it's just it's just difficult. For that, for someone consistently, whenever the team is trying to figure out how all the pieces are working together, the way yeah. I talked about it, our it team was- this last year was it's like uh, it's like in a chess game. You know, you need all the pieces, and you got got all the pieces do certain moves, right? Well, yep. it was like Musselman had the most talented team he's probably ever had. The problem was he had a bunch of the same type of pieces. And so yep. they were trying to figure out how to work together and they just couldn't figure out how to blend that together, I think. And yeah, I think that's, that's what exactly. you saw with some of those guys. And guys, for what it, for a guy like that, for Nick Smith, Isaac, so the NBA guys pick so many of the small micro details. Isaiah Joe, when I was talking to teams after his freshman year, was projected to be a top 15 pick as well. I mean, I remember talking to two specific teams. One I, I won't know. Well, one of them was the Raptors, and there were two others that I won't name. But they were looking at him to be chosen in the in the top fifteen. The next year, he has a knee injury. Okay, mm-hmm. he drops. Everything went up statistically for him: rebounds, assists, his points. I think went up half a point, something like that. He dropped. shooting on the right side on pin downs. Now I'm talking about 2%. So he's Mm. still hovering 40 above 40%, which we would consider a knockdown shooter. Mm. And he goes now to the second round Mm. where he's being picked to the, in in between the 45 and, and 55 range. That's how small of details it can get to take these guys from the top, of the first round to the bottom of the second round. I mean, it really is. And that's why you see some of these guys don't come back because it's not worth the risk. I mean, he was a better player, but had a knee injury. And so some unforeseen circumstances make him drop basically, you know, 30 draft picks. Well, what's the difference between that? Probably about $30 million in your first contract. So Mm -hmm. why would you go back and risk it? You know, that's right. Well, while we're on that subject of the NBA, let's talk about, couple of the guys of the Razorbacks that are going to make a decision within the next few hours, probably on what they're going to do. 
Devo Davis. I know you're you've trained him, right? And worked with him yep. some. Um, yep. yep. What do you what do you the crystal yep. ball? So what, what do you think he's gonna do? Yeah. Well, I've always felt like Devo was gonna come back, come back to school. I think he wanted to to train and work on some things in his game. Uh when when you don't get invited, guys, to the combine and there's two combines you have the nba combine and you have the g league combine so mm-hmm. when you're not invited to either one of those it kind of puts you behind the eight ball as far as not being certainly picked in the draft he is at milwaukee he's doing a workout there are some p- other guys there they either do workouts in threes one three or six and so i've always felt like Debo's coming back so he's a lock to come back to arkansas It'll be a 25th hour decision. He'll wait. The deadline's the 31st, but he's certainly coming back. He will be a Razorback next year. Okay. What do you think of Walsh? Do you have any connection with him? Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. I kind of have <laughs> so, Go ahead. Go ahead. Go well, ahead. you know, you heard a lot of the stuff come out. I mean, you probably heard more than I did. And I probably should just shut up and let you talk, to be honest. But I've already opened my pile. So, but you, but you heard that he was just blowing it out in the workouts. That his workout just was phenomenal, probably better than the tape he put on at Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. And so when you get a guy that goes late like that, so he did not declare to go to the draft early. So I always say this, he got some information. And Coach Musselman's well-connected in the NBA, and this is why a lot of the top recruits want to come, guys. The number one reason, if you ask them, is, hey, Coach Musselman can get me to the NBA. He knows the talk. He knows the lingo. Jordan Walsh, someone came to him with some information that says, hey, buddy, you're missing out a chance of being drafted. So he throws his name in the hat late. But I felt like that that was a sign that he was not going to come back because that usually means there's some teams high and you're getting the information third hand that says, hey, you need to go. Yeah, We knew his measurables and all that he could do would shine in the combine, and it certainly did. I mean, Mm -hmm. he did extremely well. He had a rocky first game, but really bounced back and had some really great games and has a high motor and his upside. He'll develop a mid-range jump shot, guys. He He's certainly going to be a talent. There's no doubt about it. So he's gone. So he's another one that I thought that, you know, a lot of fans complained about, you know, throughout the season. But I yep. really think we we never saw the true potential of who he's going to be as a, as a basketball yep. player. I think he was yeah. trying to figure out – he became – he sat back and was very reactionary. You know, he he didn't he didn't get in the flow of the offense. He kind of let the off, let things just come to him, It kind of from what I saw. And he didn't – he wasn't being aggressive. He was trying to figure out how to be that – you know, because he knew he had a lot of talent around him. And you heard him talk about that in, in press conferences and stuff, that he was yeah. trying to figure out his role on the team to help – make the team better and so he was and i think when he gets once he figures that out on a team and he can use the ability he's got i think yeah like you said i think his shot's going to get better than what we saw this last year well hopefully his free throws get better (laughs) but but his defense is already there you know and that ability so yeah, and I had a chance to coach, so I was uh, I was named a CP. So I'm a CP3 camp trainer. So CP3 has two elite level camps, and so Jordan Walsh was on my team two different times, 
when he was a ninth grader. And, and, and I said this then, and I'll say it now, he's got the highest motor and is the, one of the most unselfish players that I've ever seen. And so you're right. He's one of the, he's going to let the game come to him a little bit. And certainly shot and shooting development comes with age a little bit. You get in an NBA system where you're taking tons and tons and tons of shots. It's going to come. And, you know, it's not – it's unfair to these guys a little bit because all the great things that Coach Musselman does, his offense can be very ISO-related to, like, a primary ball here, like J.D. Note at times, mm-hmm. Anthony Black at times. And so it's hard in his position to kind of get enough shots to really get in the flow of the game. Mm-hmm. But certainly I, he, he's going to be a he's going to be a great NBA player because you're right, the court opens up and those shots are eventually going to fall for him. Yeah. Okay, so you think um, so? Here comes Devo back, and then you think uh, uh, Walsh is gone. Okay, Walsh is gone. So, um, are there any other of the portal guys that are still in the? Because Ellis came out today, then said, "Yeah, the Louisville transfer." Yep, he was in the. He was his name was in the draft. Yep. Yep. And then, of course, we had the, the the Houston transfer. He was he was he was dipping his toe in the draft. He's 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 pulled out. Yeah. What was his name? Uh, oh, was that Mark? Yes. Yes. Traymond yes. Mark. Okay. Tra- yep. Traymond Mark. Which I think Mark is a prime example of what a coach Musselman type of guy. He can defend, he gets up and down the court, and and that's an NBA talent as well. But I think of the transfer guys, that was the guy that I think he really, Coach Musselman, really wanted. Really so, wanted. Hmm. Yeah. And so um, now, of course, the Ron Holland deal, you got any insight on that? You think he ends up being a hog or you think he does ends up with the <sighs> – elite or whoever it was the g league elite or whatever well so i think it's a toss up at that so when so ignite when you look at the g league like these are very calculated moves on the g league's part so like terry on burgess is a guy from benton that that i work out with so G, uh the g league and ignite came and watched him last year in california in the adidas championship they're only looking at players guys that they know can get drafted at that know that they have nba type potential so ron holland is a guy that man he's such a talented guy so i was asked to train at the wooten camp and be one of the coaches so he won the one-on-one contest and man, his motor guys is unbelievable. His defense is unbelievable. Hmm. I felt like as soon as you had the beard issue, I thought he would immediately transfer to Arkansas. But with that G League coming into play, with the money they're kind of tossing around, man, I think it's a 50 50 toss up. But I think Arkansas certainly feels good about their chances. Let's say this if he goes to college, stays in college, I think he's a Razorback. And then, of course, there's this Nelson kid from uh, – I forget his uh, first name. Uh, but he's from uh, – was it North Dakota State, uh, South Dakota State, one of the two. Yep. Um, yeah. A scoring guard – another scoring guard, looks like. Uh, I watched a yep. little highlight video of him today. He looks pretty solid, man. He's got an outside shot. Yep. He's getting to the basket. Now, he was getting to the basket against – 
what looked kind of like subpar competition, you know. Sure. So I, don't, I don't know if he'll be able to do that in the SEC as much, but he was – he may can. I don't know. Um, but he, he had a good-looking shot on him. Yep. I, I worry I, – of course, let's say this. So, if Holland doesn't – if Holland doesn't come, I, I would say this. I don't – because I know what they're recruiting, and I talked to Coach Musk about this not too long ago because, you know, we had a live period where he's going to the EYBL and, and then he was going to Adidas 3SSB and checking out players, and most of them were guards. And so my worry, if you don't get Holland, you 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 lose Walsh, I'll, and he gets so many guards, I don't know, do you really want another guard, especially with what he's recruiting, for the 2024 yeah. class, but yeah. at the same time, guys, you know, his team is turning over so much, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, that probably I guess you need to stack up as many guards, but I could see them going after a big before I see them going after Nelson. I, that's just my hunch. Yeah. So, but let me but certainly, guy we were looking at. Yeah. So, obviously, you, you, you hinted at the turnover on Musselman's team, you yeah. know, you look at we had the prize recruiting class yet recruiting class last year what number two in the country, yep. Um, and you're looking now you have one of those guys left on the roster. Um, opinion, it's crazy. So, but is how much stock should we still put in? You know the modern day college NCAA. How much stock should we put into high school recruiting anymore? Because it seems like most of your team, most of your roster, especially at Arkansas, is made up from the portal. Well, it's unfortunate, guys, because we have, and, and a lot of guys that I'm training, because when you have 3,000 players in the transfer portal, why would you not go get a ready-made guy versus getting a guy in high school? So you almost have to be like one of those guys, you know, like a top 50, top 60, top 70 type player to even get offered a Division One scholarship. So in the state of Arkansas, for girls and boys, gentlemen, basketball has never been better. I mean, it's unbelievable mm -hmm. how talented it is out there. Just go watch any high school game, and you have got one to two mm -hmm. college players on the court at any given time, and it's made it really, really tough. And, you know, Cam Hunter at UCA was an A-son. He was an A-son freshman of the year, played at Bryant. I've trained Cam since he was seventh grade. There was a point where UCA wants him to go to prep school because they don't think he's ready because they can get other people from the transfer portal. I trained North Little Rock. DJ Smith was the starting point guard for UALR. He did not have an offer after his senior year. So winning the state championship, being all first team, 23 points a game, did not have a Division One or Division Two offer. It's unbelievable, and so it makes it really hard. So I think we should be putting more stock into high school recruiting. I hope this works itself out. I don't know if it will, but when they gave the extra years because of COVID, guys, and you don't do anything at the high school to try to compensate, overcompensate for that, we've got Division One type players that are going Division Three, NAIA, Division Two. Like, yeah. it's unbelievable to me. Yeah. Well, because, you know uh, – Arkansas fans, and I'm just going to bring it up, Darian Ford, for example. Yeah. You know, gajillion time Arkansas player of the year. Yep. You know, I mean, us as Arkansas fans, we want to see that guy 
if he ain't playing right now, we want to see him get in the game and develop and see him build by the time he's in here, be salty. Now, yep. now you know what? If you want to see him, you better have ESPN Plus because, you know, he's playing for A-State. Yeah. Now, do you think the portal now is it going to become a good thing or a bad thing for schools like A State and Euler, Little Rock? Because because you know you've got the Mitchell, one of the Mitchell twins committed to Euler. Yep. It's, I don't care if it's Little Rock; it's Euler. Just get over it. <laughs> yeah, you're Euler. Sure. Yeah, that's right. And, and you played there, so I'm I'm sorry if I'm. Yes, yeah. no, it absolutely. It's, it's, it's I'm call it Euler. It's all yeah. in Euler, okay? So yep. KK. Yep. I believe Travis, you were telling me today KK Robinson committed to KK Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another one you train. Is it good yep. for the is it good for those schools or bad? Because because now if you get there and K, let's say KK blows up and does, you know, what KK could do, you know, the odds are yep. he ain't gonna be there next year. But you yep. get the good year out. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I listen, I'm 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 torn because I being a former player, I have to be pro player and, and, and all their rights and stuff. But, guys, let's just say this. The reason I went to junior college was because I had a coach that signed me, knowingly got canned, and from what I was told, knew he was getting fired but felt like signing the best players. Um, it was at North Texas, Tim Jankovich, who ended up coaching at SMU. He thought maybe signing players would save his job. I could not get out of that because players sign for coaches. They don't sign to universities, contrary to what yeah. people think they sign specific oh, yeah. to coaches. So I had to sit out. So I thought, well, I'm, I'm a qualifier. I'm not going to sit out. I want to go play. And so to go from where we are now, where you can just transfer just because I can't really get behind that, but I think it helps. I think it helps places like mid majors, ULR, ASU. What I think it, where it hurts the process is you have, certain of the top tier power five programs that are basically just using this as a churn and burn tool. Um, and, and, and if that's the model they want to go to, that's fine. But when you start ranking players in the transfer portal and you're given a blueprint of how good it's almost like it's let, let's just stop calling it amateurism and college sports. And let's just call it, Hey, you're with the NIL. You're, you're a higher gun. You're, yeah. you're a, you're a professional, basically a professional athlete. Cause that's really what it's turned down to. Justice Hill's the guy I've trained for a long time. Justice is going to his fifth school. So that that's a lot of different places to bounce around to, no yeah. matter how you're looking at it. Where's Justice? Where, I, I haven't heard. I can Google it, but where's Justice going now? So let's see. So Justice is, oh, gosh, if you didn't ask, I could have told you. It, he is going to, uh, uh, well, that sounds bad. As soon as, as soon as, as soon as we get, finish this podcast and I – Hit stop record. You're gonna be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm so yeah, because I'm sitting there trying to think. Because see, DJ DJ Smith is go. Well, see, Cam Hunter got in the portal and he came back, and so I'm getting so many players that are that are bouncing around and going. It's hard to keep, keep up, but I'll I'll think of it. I got you. Well, and I think what's happening, Bart, is too is a coach like Musselman. or any D1, you know, high D1 coach. And me and you talked on the phone the other day, and one of the things we talked about was the the limited time that coaches have to train players, to to do yeah. the things that you do with players, to work yeah. on footwork and, and 
ball handling and all, all the different just individual skills and drills that you work that you're able to work with them on they're limited in that kind of thing and so what they do is they go to the portal they get a kid that's they, that got that at a smaller school you know when that was i heard someone on drive time you know was gripping because they said well why can't daryl walker keep players yeah well because daryl walker's training players up and then they're going to Arkansas, like Kamani Johnson, they're going to Kansas State, like Noel. And those coaches are reaping the benefit of the training he's doing. And that's happening. That's not just happening to him. That's happening to small colleges everywhere. Now, and every now and then, like what's happened this week, you get some guys like KK and and Mitchell that'll come, you know, come down to your level that, you know, didn't work out at, at the bigger schools. But What's happening is, you know, I always thought of a team, Bart, if I was forming a team, you want to have your older guys that are your, that's where your leadership comes from. That's your, that's your guys that, that know what the coach wants, that have the tradition of being there for, you know, three or four years. They, they understand what the team concepts are, what the team goals are. You have your, your, Another third of your players is like a they're they're the guys that are, you know, maybe been there a year or so, but they're they're kind of you're they're the ones you're forming. They're they're the next to take that flag, you know, like those older ones. And then you got your new guys, right? And then your new guys may be your studs. You know, you may have some freshmen that are studs, but you got those older guys that have been there that are those leaders that are that'll help keep those younger guys in line. They help them to understand what, say for Arkansas, what being a Razorback's all about, or if it's ULR, for the Trojans, what being a Trojan's all about. You know, they're, they're the ones that are been there, the voice of the of the coach in the locker room and on the court. That's not the way these teams are formed anymore. That's not the that's not the way they're formed. You don't have, and that's one of the things I saw in Arkansas this last year was a team looking for a leader, and no one really knew who to look to. Exactly right, because the alpha dog on that team was Nick Smith, yeah. and Nick yeah. puts off an alpha dog mentality immediately as soon as he walks in the gym. You could feel it. But listen, guys, and I think, and we got beat by listen Mississippi State beat us in an upset but if you looked at their roster they kind of had the opposite i think they had two or three guys that were 24 years old well mm-hmm. doesn't matter how good you are as you compare a 24 year old senior a grad transfer to an, to an 18 year old yeah you can't compare that guys not not yeah unless you're the exception to the rule like like a five star that's an elite level guy man it's hard to c- compete against that that's why i think you see a lot of parity in college basketball right now because the teams that do have a model where they're keeping players for four years, even to three years as a tenured type deal, uh, like like Miami. Miami was a prime example. Jim Laranega has done a great job of keeping guys. And so he benefited because he, you know, he's had guys in his system three to four years, but they're, that's not built that way. And you could see now that that dynamic has changed, this is why Coach Calipari, I give him one more year, guys. He's on the hot seat mm. because the churn and burn that is happening now is in the transfer portal, and he's behind the eight ball. 
and he's not getting the players he used to get. And so Kentucky's underperforming because going just going to the NCAA tournament's not going to get into Kentucky. Yeah, you're right. So, so looking back at the past, you grew up like us in Arkansas, Razorback fan. What player from the past that being a recent memory? You know, you know, I, I say from the uh, Lee Mayberry, Oliver Miller time on. Would you go back and put on this past team this last year? You could like just this guy. If I could put him on this team, woo, that's a tough one because I would go either two two players. I would go with Mayberry or I would go with Corey Back. And I say that because we just talked about it: leadership, 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 and. Now, listen, I don't know if it much matters with UConn as well as they were playing, guys, because that team right there, it, we look like a junior high team playing a high school team because they had some men and they were crashing the boards and they just made us look really small at times. But a Corey Beck or Lee Mayberry type of guy, and I, I would probably lean a little bit more to Lee Mayberry because in the end we needed leadership, but we also needed somebody that can knock down a deep three. I'm, I'm with you, yeah. Yeah. And so and Corey the, Beck's my favorite hog of all time. But yeah. uh, and and listen, it's hard and it's it because he's one of mine too. So it's that's a hard choice to make. Mm. But I say this from skill development. The holy grail is shooting the basketball for skill development. It is, it was, it always will be, guys. Mm. And it's getting fewer and fewer when you see players come in the gym that can really knock down shots. It's getting harder and harder to find, even though we're shooting more threes now than we've ever shot in the game before. Yeah. Well, and and here, and we've kind of talked about this, but th this is the discussion Clinton and I had after the Darian Ford, after he transferred. Yep. Was what we're seeing with the transfer portal, what we're seeing at Arkansas with the high turnover. Because we got to remember, there's, you know, yes, it's happening everywhere, but it's not happening in the high percentage of the way Musselman's doing it. Yeah. You know, look at the teams that made the final four. They had transfer portal guys, but that mix I talked about earlier, you know, they yep. were a little, they, they were a little better in that mix. Yes. Balance. And that's, yep. They had some guys that were, that had been with the coach for a while, even if they transferred in after their freshman year. They had been there for a couple of years, and so they knew, you know, even Noel at Kansas State, you know, he had been there for a little while, so he had, you know, he, yeah. you know, they had a good run, but part of it was because he had been there with the coach for a while, and he was able to be a leader and some of those other yep. guys. So, yep, is what Musselman's doing, and and look, and we're not dog. I want to say this: we're not. I think Eric Musselman and Beard <laughs> are the two best coaches in college basketball. Okay. I agree. I agree. I'd rather have them yeah. more than any other coach in college basketball. So I'm yep. not griping about Eric Musselman at all. What I'm asking though is, is this model, is it going to be sustainable? For a couple of reasons, not just what the product on the court, but I think in keeping fan engagement. Yeah. Because in the way this turnover is happening, as fans, we don't get to know players. You know, are we going to, you know, look. That's right. I love Nick Smith, and I love he chose to be a Razorback. But what connection is he going to have to Arkansas? Yeah. 
the little, you know, you know what? I mean, he'll have some. I mean, I think Moses Moody's going to end up having some. You know, yep. I mean, Arkansas fans still root for him, and he was just here one year. But some of these portal guys that come, or uh, let's even more Council Ricky Council. Yep. Is he going to be a guy that Arkansas fans you look back and as we're talking about like Lee Mayberry and Corey Beck and Oliver Miller and some of those and we're, we're like, man, remember when Ricky Council played? <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. I mean those those days are gone, brother. And it's going to change. It's going to change fandom. It is. It, and so the question's a great one. I will say this. It, it's, sustain, it's sustainable because Eric Musselman is a genius as it relates mm-hmm. to analytics, breaking down film, and really understanding te- team dynamics. So if, if you were to look at the NBA, like being with Drew Hanlon, like we, we use synergy a lot. So synergy – would be huddle. You guys have all heard of huddle. Synergy would be huddle on steroids times 25,000. So they're doing with, with Clay Mosier was one of his assistants. Clay Mosier came from the Lakers and did analytics for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So Coach Musselman's looking at second spectrum, which is basketball software that some, some people haven't even heard of. So he's looking at predictive analytics. So he knows exactly to the T. He has many scouting reports upon many scouting reports. So if you'll watch them, guys, and close out on defense, is why we're so good on defense. He knows exactly how to close out specifically on each individual player. Forget like just a generic team plan. They're dialed down to that level. He Mm. is micro details. So it's sustainable because of that. And I think he is a really freaky talent in terms of uh, finding talent and kind of digging through the numbers and the transfer portals allowed him to do that. But I don't know if that's going to get him necessarily the national championship. I think it'll get him close. But I still think to win the national championship, team chemistry is a real thing, guys. There's not a statistical category for it, Mm -hmm. but it is a real thing. And so is playing for each other and all that stuff. So it's a sustainable model, but I promise you this much. I don't think with the way that coach Musselman plays, and I have a lot of respect for coach Mus. He's hard on players. He's hard on assistants. I don't know if players can stay that long. And especially the players that he's getting, because these guys are going to be looking to get to the NBA. So I just think it's going to be a turn and burn type of mentality, but it's going to be successful, guys. I'm telling you, he's going to win. He's going to keep winning, no doubt. Well, and I and I and I see everything you're saying there, and I think up until this last year, the the team chemistry thing, he's done a great job of building the team chemistry, and up until this yeah. past season, to me yep. that was the biggest weakness because. And and I guess it was more frustrating because there were well, there was you looked out there, you know we had Kamani Johnson on the podcast, and mm-hmm. I asked Kamani I said okay you've been there now this is your third year, I said, even without Brazil and Nick Smith, would you say this is the most talented team you've been on since you've been there? And he said oh by far. 
And to me, that that was the frustrating part. Is it was the most yeah. ta- it was the, the most talent, but like you said, the the chemistry, and I think that was his challenge this year was getting all those pieces to work together like they they needed to. And it looks like to me, to be honest with you, I have hope in that the guys I see and he's bringing in, I think he's got a lot more pieces. He does. They don't look the same. And people forget the one equalizer that could have helped us against UConn is Trayvon Brazil. And oh yeah, I said this because you know Bill Ingram is uh, runs and owns the Hawks, and you know he had a great relationship with the ex Mizzou coach, and so I really knew that Trayvon Brazil was one of those guys that kind of played out of position for Mizzou. They had him stuck at a five, and he stayed under the basket. But I knew he had that chance to step out away from the basket, even hit the three. So if he's on that team and healthy, and, of course, you can't do these what-ifs, but I won't even say if Nick Smith was healthy. that. But if Trayvon Brazil is there, that this potentially is a national championship mm-hmm. type of team because I think they get a much better seed. That's number one. Uh, but a guy like that, guys, is hard to replace. In fact, we could be talking about him as the number one overall pick next year. He's that talented. Well, and and possibly, you know, from what I understand and just hearing talk, he's got a lot of leadership skills. Yes. So yep. There could have been some of your your coach on the court, your coach's voice on the court, you know, that yep. that you that you crave, the the Jimmy Witt, the you know, yep. you know, Mason Jones, the you know, the guys that kind of the the coach's voice out there on the court. And he could yep. I think he could have been that too. So I agree with you. If, if he if he would have played, it would it might have been a different and, and I'm excited about this year because I think I think we're gonna see some great things out of him. I think he's older. He got to sit out and watch that last year and yep. And um and if you're a Corey Beck fan, I think we have Corey Beck Jr. coming. Layden Blocker is a guy that I've spent a lot of time with in the gym. He, you know, started training Layden when he was sixth grade. Layden has got a high motor, an extremely high motor. And I think the one thing that we've missed in the last couple of years, because, guys, J.D. Note was a scorer that we gave the ball to that was became a primary ball handler. Let's don't yeah. mistake it. He was a volume shooter – and Coach Musselman put him in high pick-and-roll situations and played a lot of isolation basketball. It was a toss-up when Nick Smith was there. Who's going to bring the ball up? Nick Smith, Anthony Black. So, and that's a credit to their talent. They can play their position. We haven't had a true point guard in a long time. I, yeah. I, I mean, but true point guard. And so, Layden Blocker is that guy, and he's that yeah. good. And his ability to get up and down the court and defend – is Corey Beck-esque, and so this is a guy that can really change that dynamic because he is a true point guard. I like to hear that. Now, what about uh, fall? So, interesting. I, so, I've had a chance. I, I When you look at him, it's a little bit like Holland and a lot of these guys. He's really tall and really thin. So, Bayfall is one of those guys where, I, you know, one of the services actually had him drop a star, I think. And then, you know, when you accumulate all this stuff in, it doesn't matter. He's really good. 
he's one guy that when I look at the mix, I just don't know where he fits in because he's so slight. He's so small. Mm -hmm. And so when you're 6'9", 6'10", 195, 200 pounds, guys, that's thin. Yeah. And so I've seen him get pushed around quite a bit. And so when you look at going to the SEC, which I think is if if people don't say it's the best power five league in terms of basketball, it's certainly the most physical in my opinion. He's he needs to put on some muscle and he needs to get stronger and needs to get stronger in a hurry. So um I think he's the one guy that I can see with the mix that could get lost in the shuffle a little bit. Doesn't mean he can't help, but I think he's a guy that I have a big question mark about. Well, you know, if you have any connections with him, then, um, you know, let him know that the big C and bigger T, uh, we also serve as weight gaining coaches. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we, you know, we're, we're, we offer our services to these guys, you know, that need to, you know, put on some pounds because there's not a lot we know about sports, but we, we know that. <laughs> no. well, hey, you know, these guys, listen, we got pushed around at the end. And yeah. so, you know, when I play, see, you had the hand check rule and I try to tell these young kids, see, you could start with two hands on. Now you put two hands is automatic foul. So putting on weight, putting on muscle is really, really important. And, and, Listen, we Mitchell got pushed around a lot in the UConn game. Just, just yeah. the physicality of it. So you really need to be where you can get to a point. That's why I love Honor Botang in a guard. He's six five. He's two hundred eight pounds, two hundred ten pounds, and he probably hadn't really even touched a weight, honestly. But that's a guy that can be six five, six six, two twenty, and manhandle people. So. I like physicality and I like players that, yeah. that, that put on weight and come in. I mean, Lane Blocker, 6'2", 185 pounds. That's a big physical guard. That's what I yeah. like to see. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, these guys, hopefully they'll, hopefully they'll get them in a weight program, get them, get yeah. them boosted up a little bit. Yeah, but no, just let them know. We'll take them to the Waffle House. We'll get that's them. Right. Come on the that's podcast. Right. We'll pay you some NIL money, and then we'll take you to the Waffle House. We'll get the all you can eat. It'll That's be right. right. <laughs> yep. We'll show you. We'll show you the magic of the Waffle House patty melt and what it can do for you. Know. Change your life. <laughs> That's so right. You mentioned the way that Muscleman kind of breaks down film, and you know how he watches, you know, players yeah. on film. It's just the, the way is. Who are some of the other coaches that you've dealt with that you're just like you see the way their mind works, and you're like. Wow. Well, so I, I, I'll say this. So Chris Beard, because, you know, we, we were just talking about that. Chris Beard is a genius. There's no doubt that guy is a genius. I think he, the way, the way he looks at film, breaks down film, I think is, is unbelievable. And, you know, if you look at coaches that I like, so Bruce Pearl's not so much a film guy, but is such a player relationship guy and you know West Flanagan has has been over there Al Flanagan was a guy that I trained that was part of the Hawks too and and he does a great job in terms of just relationship building and and they all watch film don't 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 take it that way but I think the SEC the main difference because we used to talk about SEC dominance in football guys basketball has gotten great in the SEC because the coaches have gotten great yeah, you're right. and, and 
that's the bottom line. The, all mm-hmm. these guys are high level, high level coaches. Um, but certainly, I mean, Hurley, Coach Hurley at UConn is is another guy that really is uh, analytics driven, and and the numbers are there. And analytics coming into basketball, we're a little bit behind. They've been playing money ball and doing the baseball thing for a long time. Now you're looking at all these different really plus minus that can tell your overall value on the court. And I think that's why, because to some frustration, Coach Musselman doesn't substitute outside of his traditional rotation because really <laughs> coaches kind of fall into what who they trust and that he knows with those guys in particular matchups defensively, he can win or make games yeah. extremely close. But I'll tell you another genius, guys. Nate Oates at Oklahoma, at uh, Alabama is a genius. Now, that yeah. guy – It pains I, me to hear you say that. Yeah. I, I know, but he can, can flat coach, buddy. Um, yeah. he, he he can do it. In fact, if – a little piece of information. If if Nick Smith – well, I don't get myself in trouble. If Nate Oates tells Nick Smith that he's, he's a guaranteed starter, Nick Smith probably goes to Alabama and does not come to Arkansas – because, listen, there was that type of relationship. Nick Smith loved Nate Oates that much. And you can see his guys really respond to him. And he's a guy that's uh, doing things a little different. He doesn't turn and burn in the transfer portal like that, but is having a bunch of success. So, mm. I, If that would have happened, the hatred of Nate Oates in the state of Arkansas. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. Would have been unparalleled. That's right. Like, Absolutely. He probably disliked Calipari for taking – uh, Malik Monk. Yes. Nick Smith from us. We would have been downright spicy. <laughs> yep. But it's funny to say that Calipari right now might be, when you look at it, Rick Barnes in Tennessee, guys, is it funny to say that Calipari might be the most unfeared coach that we play? Yeah. And this yeah. is, I, I'm, and, and that's no, I love Coach Cal, man. I, I'm totally moved by his, his 30 on 30 is one of the greatest things I've ever seen, w- w- the way he recruits and stuff. But, as you're looking at the SEC, it's just loaded up with coaches. I mean, right. Rick Barnes is getting grown men. He's got talented, tough, physical teams. Bruce Pearl, all these guys. Nate Oates, man, it's just and and with Beard being at Old Miss, woo, yeah. So do you, now, when we ask this on the podcast, me and Travis, we we go, we sometimes we have what I just call jibber jabber podcast, but we just babble on and we hope we make it an hour. Um, but do you think Calipari for what he's, for who he's had on campus has under, underachieved as a coach? Cause every year you look at the recruiting rankings out of Kentucky's in one or two, probably no worse than four or five. But so they're, they're recruiting in the top five every year and he has one national title to show for. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, 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 I'll say this coach Cal has, He's recruited the talent where he has underperformed. He's not changed. He's not changed his offensive philosophy, and he's not changed his defensive philosophy very much. And so when you look at it, he's getting players. He is absolutely adamantly stuck to that dribble drive offense. And I know this for a fact because at CP3 camp, we've got their trainers from all over, and I know several of them have deep Kentucky ties. He just refuses to change. And yeah. do different things. And listen, dribble drive is great, but you can't do the same offense for 15 or 20 years. People catch on. And yeah. 
if you're not putting new wrinkles in, then you're going to struggle. So he's getting enough players to win. His, I would call, pregame preparation. Guys, he's got VAs are breaking down film. It's not even sometimes assistant coaches. So that's where he's not failing, but that's where he's not – I think he's underperforming. Oh, yeah. He's getting the players. He's yeah. just oh, not doing – He's not doing the X's and O's right, I think. And, and that was a little bit of what Mike Ander- hurt Mike Anderson, I think, quite a bit. Is He just wasn't doing the X's and O's part of the game, and he just wasn't getting the players Calipari was getting. But a little yeah. bit of it, they're kind of doing the same thing, I think. That happens to a lot of coaches, no matter what sport. You know, football, you see the same type of thing where guys will – they get stuck in their way. You know, I'm going to run this offense, this offense I'm known that's by, it. and that's it, and – the game passes them up and yep. you know, then people catch up, you know, cause that's right for, because for, you know, as cows ran that offense, he's been going against some great coaches that have been practicing defenses to stop it. That's right. That's yeah. right. And then once one figures it out, there's game film and all the rest of them are going to have that game film to figure out how to do it. Well, you know, Mike, Anderson, Mike Anderson, Roy Williams was a great example. And I think Cal, their coaching yep. is done before the game. They're not going to make a lot of in-game adjustments. Yeah. Their coaching is done. Yeah. Yeah, and when you've got a game where the Golden State Warriors will pass up an open layup for a corner three, guys, the game is unrecognizable from what it was. I mean, it's unrecognizable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so when we were playing, it was taught, you know, court, you know, you know, you guys know, like, don't get in the corner, don't take a corner. It's the worst shot in basketball. Now everybody's like, get to the corner so you should take a corner three. Yeah. It's, the game has changed so much. And I think yeah. that's where skilled, like myself for skill development, when I came in to help uh, North Little Rock, you know, Coach Rice is a legend. And, mm. and Coach Rice has won state championships. And his whole thing was, hey, we need to implement some new things. We need to put some new things in. We need to do some stuff. We need some ball screen rings. We need this. We mm. need that. And so when the game has changed so much, where I watched Dallas and Memphis play, there were 27 three-point shots taken before the first layup was taken in the game. Guys, that's unbelievable to think about. But that's where we are, and everything trickles down. For Once it starts in the NBA, it's coming down to the high school level. Well, and you go to high school games and watch kids warming up. Kids warming up don't take any shots inside three point line. Yep, in high school oh. game. Absolutely, and if, uh, you know mid range is forgotten. Mid yeah. mid range is forgotten about, and they'll say, "Well, coaches will say, well, you know, I don't like mid range shots." Well, that's fine. Listen, if you're the Houston Rockets or Oklahoma City Thunder, like that's cool. In high school and junior high, you better take that mid range shot Thank because. You. Shooting's not that – I mean, it's b- below 20% in a lot of ways. So, yeah, mid-range is almost the forgotten art. I, 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 it's unfortunate. I teach it, and I think it's still a great thing. But it's it's threes or layups now. Yeah, for sure. So, so now you do you, you do skill development. You know, when my daughter played AU and all that, you know, I had – I take her to skill drills coach, and one of the her AU coaches, one of the coaches got us into that. What are some of your favorite drills to do with your players? So it's it funny. So who you're working with? Well, so I customize all my workouts. So this it, this might sound like a knock to other trainers. So I don't do cones. 
and I don't do two balls. So my, my, my thing's really clear. If you don't do it in the game, we're not going to do it in practice. And so I look at it from an individual standpoint and I break down film and each workout for me is customized for the player. And I'll be honest, I don't take a lot of young guys, young kids. And now I had to break that rule a little bit because my son's a sixth grader and he can flat get after it, but he's got friends. So I've kind of had to take some younger players, but usually it was when you got junior high age and you were a real serious player, a lot of them came my way. So it's really built upon the player itself, but I am a big finishing person. I think if you can finish and there are a bunch of ways to finish, if you can learn to finish through contact with the way the game is set up today, you could be mm -hmm. extremely successful. And, but you'll look at it guys. You, I, really? You want to be a great finisher? Look at how few shots teams will take inside the lane. Right. High school, still, there's a large percentage. Most of those shots, besides three, are, are right in the paint. And we've seen that with teams of Arkansas. We've missed a ton of layups or in and around the basket. And that's on every level. So I'm a big finishing person. I teach my, my kids know how to finish, and they know how to shoot the basketball. I, I wish you'd been around when we were kids because Travis had a heck of a meat hook. I mean, he <laughs> tried. He, he had, right. And you couldn't, you, I try to block it. And like, I think me that's and right. him one on one probably 2,000 times. And I've won twice. Yeah. <laughs> because the hook shot's that good, right? The, the hook, hook shot, maybe. If you would have had you to work with, this this fat man would have been in the NBA. That's right. No <laughs> one because, I mean, when you're as wide as I am, too, and you got the hook, there's no way. That, I didn't even have to jump. That, but see, and I spend my time telling these kids in the lane. So you think about a hook shot. I tell them, ball, your body, man. And yeah. If you could shoot in that progression, if you keep the ball outside of your body and your body's between the man, you have a high likelihood in the lane of making that shot or getting fouled. Plus, so, I, I knew how to use that. Fouled. I knew okay. how to use that window too. That's exactly right, that back and that's there, a man. that's a forgotten art. I can promise you that much. Well, that helps you. They don't like the backboard. That helps you get over the taller player because you're you're shooting it at a higher arc. So if the guy, if a guy's taller Absolutely. than you, of course, Absolutely. I learned I learned to play basketball when I was like ten years old, and I was and the only my neighbor kid was like six two, and so the only shots I could get off on oh, him yeah. was a hook shot. And a turnaround jumper. That's right. That was yeah. it. Well, and so that's well, all I could shoot. Like when I was in high school, I like I couldn't shoot a straight up shot to save my life. I could shoot well, one of, from the three with a hook shot. Well, one of the coolest things they've got now for skill development, they have the backboards that are color coded on the spots. Mm. So you learn how to spin the ball off the backboard. But I say that's the difference between boys and girls. And I have a daughter. She's a freshman. She'd be a, uh, she'll be a sophomore. She started for varsity for Sheridan was a heck of a player. She's a power five type player. The difference between her and my son is my son will sit out on a goal and spin the ball off the backboard and work on finishing because mm. boys are a little bit more creative. And so mm -hmm. girls tend to not finish that well because that's not how their brain works necessarily because boys yeah. will go out there and they'll, they'll, they're okay with missing shots. A lot of girls are perfectionists and I say that affectionately, but 
going out and missing layups in practice is how you make shots in games. I promise you. That's right. Yeah. Well, Bart, um, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you if they want to get some work. Are you take? Do you take new clients? Are you looking for for new people to train and things like that? If yeah, anybody's so got a summer- kid out there or something. Yep. So if it, the summertime sure opens up a lot of opportunities to train. So if you look it up, so we have a private facility here in Sheridan. It's called Hoop Five. So you can go to hoopfiacademy.com or you can go to the Bart Reed at Twitter or Bart Reed at Facebook. I'm I'm pretty easy to find. There's not very many Barts out there, but certainly we have an app where you can schedule times, you schedule to come in. We've got a prop facility. It's got four goals. We have shooting gun. We have Vertimax. So it's a really nice facility. And I, I spend a lot of time traveling as well. So, you know, if there's certainly anybody interested, uh, those are the good ways, best ways to find me. And it's, uh, I'm part of Pure Sweat Basketball, so you can always go to puresweat.com and find me as well. Okay. Well, man, we uh, we could sit here and talk basketball all day, but we're yeah. we're Thank running so past much. our time limit. So, man, Guys, we appreciate you big time. Yeah, man. And, I, uh, I hope you have me back. I really enjoyed. It. Man, well, we we'll, try to just come across the two dudes having a conversation with you. That's right. I love it, man. So that's yeah. We, I mean, we we don't claim. Look, we're gold in this thing. Number, I've got two goals. Number one, I want to get canceled at some point. I want to get big <laughs> enough that I can't get. <laughs> Uh, guys with my best friend since grade because it's not going to be that hard that's right yeah Uh, yeah he's he's been uh, kicked out of like every group he's been in on facebook yeah like i I, I love to go on like the razorback nation and stuff after arkansas lost the football game oh yeah start correcting grammatical errors Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's just that's the kind of thing that brings me joy Uh, um probably it's probably because i hurt so much from the razorbacks losing i'm like I'm going to go kick somebody in their spelling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. And also, yeah. uh, we want to get we want to get press passes at some point because something. Right. I don't <laughs> care softball, volleyball. It's something. Arkansas hockey club yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> something. <laughs> something. We don't care. Something. We just... like, I will tell them like Hunter Yurchick personally gave me this press pass. That's right. <laughs> Intramurals. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to sit. I want to sit next to Bob Holt at a, a press conference, <laughs> and I want to ask him: Do you ever li- listen to his press conferences, to the Razorback press conferences? Not a ton. Not a ton. Well, Bob Holt's great, but I watch him on YouTube. But he he always asks. He'll say, "You um, so you hit a home run in the in the fifth inning. What do you think about that?" <laughs> What do you think about that? What kind of question is that? Yeah. What do you think not, about that? Not I very thought. thought it was good. Well, and I've been giving Travis crap because we have we've had three baseball players on this year. And he asked every one of them, like, wait, hey, what's your plans after baseball? And they're like, <laughs> What do you what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't have I don't have plans. You know, you, I, you know athletes all they don't have they don't have plans after You're like I don't it's like this is gonna work out, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought my question was bad and then I um I was watching a uh Colorado, you know, Deion Sanders, one of his players that uh Travis Hunter, the real good receiver that he yeah. got from the Jackson State and then went to yep. Colorado with him. And uh, 
they asked him, said, and this one's like spring practice. So they've had like two months in class, okay, that they're supposed to have gone to class by now. And they asked him, said, yep. so what's it like going across campus? Or people seem excited. And this and Travis Hunter goes, uh, I haven't been to campus yet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Ooh. Yeah, I posted something on like Facebook about you know it was uh, the ball father was it Lavar Ball was uh, like uh, yeah, he's yeah. like he's like man go play in Greece for a year Bronny don't need to be playing going to civics That's and, like right. and and somebody's like you really think Bronny's going to civics <laughs> That's what I mean Some of these guys will call and say on you know Nick or Anthony Black and they're like what about their education I'm like. You go online and get education now. Like that's that's, right. that's yeah. something, you know. They and you know and hey, they may decide to do it after they finish, you know, or you know whatever, right. or after you know, like some of the guys. But yeah, man, there's the money route. Is, I mean, in basketball, I mean, there's so many ways to make money nowadays. I mean, even you know, if Walsh doesn't get drafted, he's still gonna make yeah. money. He's still gonna make a yes. good living next year. Yeah, yeah. Even without NIL money, I mean, everybody thinks, well, he's going to miss out on all that NIL money. Well, he's going to have other ways to go make money. And but just making the league, like I trained Daryl, like I trained Daryl uh, making for we got ready for training camp with the Mavericks, and us, like I told him, man, the league minimum is nine hundred thousand dollars, guys. Yeah. So if you if you're you sit the bench on the league minimum, mm. travel around first class and make a meal. It's pretty good. It's not, not bad. bad. As long as you're not a dummy and try to spend it. Not a bad living at all. Yeah, man. That's right. That's right. I think Joe Johnson and I, when Joe, because Joe and I were big buddies, I'd go out there and say, I think Joe made $320 million over his NBA career, $240 million, something like that. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. That's, that's a decent. Yeah. And he did he doesn't have yeah. to have that college degree anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. You know, what's that? Hey, college listen, degree? remember people were saying, I mean, is Joe, is he, that was another one in college. I mean, is Joe that good to make a, but guys didn't see what he could do being a That's six, right. seven, six, eight guard. They, yep. it's, it was, that was another one that kind of snuck up on, like they thought he had a great career, but they didn't see him as an NBA franchise type player. And well, when they saw him for such a short time, they didn't also yeah. see what happens year after year when he's there. Yeah. When he's yeah. dedicated to yeah. nothing but. He's not distracted by anything Basket. else. He's used to it. Basketball's his job. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah, you're right. And I think the same with Nick Smith, the same with, you know, the Walsh with these other guys. When they get a chance, they're going to. They're going to show that talent. There's a reason yep. the NBA yep. team are after them. That's a reason. Well, Bart, man, that's seriously, exactly right. appreciate they know you. Exactly. Thanks, guys. Hey, I enjoyed it. Folks. Thanks, Travis. Thanks, Clint. Uh, yep. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. I really did. I enjoyed it a bunch. And, Absolutely. Uh, folks, uh, like and share, subscribe, all those different things. Let us know what you think. Uh, write reviews. Um, comment on social media. We're on Twitter. Instagram. Um, what else are we on? Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. You got your oh. farmer's only account. Yeah, my farmer's only account. Still waiting you for Miss Wright. Oh, man. 
But uh, anyway, <laughs> y'all have a great week. Enjoy Bye, the summer months. Enjoy June. Be blessed out there. Peace out. Sweat. Work. Filthy. Dirt. Harvest. Hurt. Kingdom come. When I work, my hands get filthy down in this dirt Won't see no more than I hurt Crying your kingdom come Listen I wake up in the morning I bow my head to pray Mama told me if I don't Ain't nothing gonna change These prayers breaking up hard rock So I can sow the seed In a Why I sweat when I work, my hands get 